Welcome to the Outer Realm with Michelle DeRoche and Amelia Pisano. Airing live on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM in New Orleans. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to the Wednesday night segment of The Outer Realm. We are broadcasting live here on the United Public Radio Network, 105.3 FM from the beautiful city of New Orleans. We are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers. Huh? Yeah, right there. Who have been with us since day one. And we thank you, Folgers. The journey would simply not be the same uh, without you guys. Also, big thank you to Dr. Snick, Justin Snicker, a.k.a. the Sonic Surgeon, who's an award-winning composer of Halloween horror, sci-fi, and dark wave electronic music, which can be found on any available platform, such as Bandcamp, Spotify, iTunes, Amazon, you name it, it's there. Um, tonight, uh, we're going to be, um, as you can see, we're going to be broadcasting with Joe Montalto. Yes. And uh, we're going to be talking about the congressional hearing on UFOs that went on this week. There's a little bit of change of plans um, for tonight, but we definitely wanted to cover this because it's going to be sort of like a prequel to what we're going to tackle on um, the gray zone this week in much more detail. Because as promised in the gray zone, we said when this happened, we would recoup the information, we would talk about it, and uh, we do stay true to our word. So we are going to uh, discuss that in a whole lot of detail. Because, um, <clears throat> I mean, I think we did literally like eight segments um, on the preliminary stuff. <laughs> I couldn't believe the amount of people. So it was really good. So Zach Man, hello, Wayne, hello. Ooh, says, hello, everyone, and Joe, you handsome devil. Oh, oh. Something oh, else yeah, I need to be thinking about over here. <laughs> so, hmm, who am I living with? Uh, Zach Mann, Amelia, Tamara, Michelle Millens. Hey. <laughs> so, yeah, good looking guys got to stick together, man. That's just how that works. Oh, I see. Well, I don't know because I'm just not even like looking at you right now. I'm just looking at like like the yeah, outer realm. Last <laughs> time I turned the camera, it was like meltdown, man. We can't be having that. <laughs> you know, okay. People throwing panties at you and stuff. Look, this is a G-rated show, man. Right, well, our, our, our <laughs> family show. It's yeah. R, at least R-rated, but um, <laughs> as long as we're not on FM, we're R-rated. How better? But yeah. FM, we're PG-17. Well, I think it's okay, considering we were playing around with the show earlier. Some Somebody F-bombed on air. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to delete all of that. I'm still going to delete. Well, first, I'm amazed you two didn't get upset. <laughs> I was I'm just saying, stuff. it was not this good. I'm a good, good kid between the two of us. Yeah, you believe that. <laughs> you just, I'm just more outgoing about my bad. I'm not That's saying that it can't be a role reversal. I'm saying on average. I'm just more outgoing about my bad. <laughs> um, it's hard for me to keep all it right. restrained. If I restrain it too much, I get all cranky and bitchy and moody. No, nobody, I don't believe nobody it. Nobody wants to hear that. Nobody wants to hear that kind of I stuff. Don't believe it. Especially my radio show hosts who like to make me drink, which I don't do. Uh, still, they'd like to make me drink. 
Yada yada. Uh, we're not we're not naming any names. It's like a Jeopardy scene or something. <laughs> yes, hold on. Okay, look, here we go again. Wait, you know what? Before here we, we even get started, so, so basically this past week on Tuesday, I believe, a House mm -hmm. Intelligence Subcommittee held the very first congressional hearings on UFOs in more than 50 freaking years. That's crazy. The testimony was heard under the Secretary of Defense for Intelligence and Security, Ronald Moultrie, and Deputy Director of Naval Intelligence, Scott Bray, uh, as they were overseeing the Pentagon's new, new task force we have to talk about as well, uh, which are now being called Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. And, and they have a task force. <laughs> but apparently, like, I mean, but a lot of places have a task force. I shouldn't say that. I mean, a lot of countries, they do have some kind of, of an organization. We, the United States has had many, you know, Blue Book being one of them. And there's different little pockets. I guess mm -hmm. this is the latest pocket. Project Signs, Project Grudge. Project right. Blue Book was the last one. There's Project Signs. Yeah. There's Grudge Signs and Blue Book or Signs, Grudge and Blue Book. Anyway, it was the three of them. Yeah, uh, and, they, and they all didn't, did not disprove UFOs, or I should say extraterrestrials, because UFO just means unidentified flying object. That's why I'm going to get you. Yeah. I hear a siren. Is that oh, you? Yeah. Oh, no, no, no. Uh oh, they, they, they stay away from me. They know they're scared. <laughs> if you drop off, we know what happened. <laughs> this, this is this one is like oh, he's, that's the guy with the Gatling guns in the corner. So let's just go. Let's <laughs> go get him. Right. We don't have a tank tonight, so we're going to move on. <clears throat> yes, I'm, I'm preparing for the Ukraine people. What do you think is going on here? Even though I live in, on the Gulf Coast, mm -hmm. it never hurts to be prepared. <laughs> Actually, I got a friend of mine. I don't know how he got away with this, but he owns a really nice car, and he's got fake Gatling guns that pop out the sides, you know, like a movie prop. Things. But the, they're on real mounts. The problem is he actually owns the real ones. So all you have to do is switch them out. I'm <laughs> thinking, dude, you will go to prison forever. And they're legal to have, which still floors me. There's quite a few things that you can buy that blow up shit that are legal. I'm really surprised. Mm -hmm. um, really. So if, you know, if you're UFO hunting, mm -hmm, there you go. Try to knock out their power supply. I would I would use an EMP pulse guys. I think that would work. And it's not deadly. You know, just, mm -hmm. just knock the little electronics out of the gray's head. And see <clears throat> no. You know, matter of fact, when y'all do that, I want to be there. I'll, I'll charge seats and cut, you know, cut y'all in for a percentage because I want to see how the grays react after you <laughs> try it. Oh my god! I can never tell where this show is going today. <laughs> I just—it would be fun, you know. You know, recently the grays have been coming up a lot lately <clears throat> for a lot of reasons. I'm not sure why. Some groups I'm dealing with, which you know what I'm talking about. But for the rest of y'all, it's just—I've been—I've been working with an organization on on some maybe contact to their leader way back. God like in 1920 or 1930 when I was a teenager. But anyway, long story short, today they're a big group of people. And uh, they just have, they believe in, um, well, they believe in ET. They're not the only religious group that believes in ET. They do or they don't? They do. They, they do. They, they, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say why or how, but as soon as I do, I'll give them away. But no, we're not even gonna start popping up religions until we get them right. Just don't worry about it. It's just one of those things. And I've been checking into them a lot because, you know, I have a, for some reason, it's become a big interest in my life in the last few months. And I've been finding out some really interesting stuff. But because I started digging into them, I realized how many other so-called religious groups have interest in extraterrestrials or believe in ET or even believe that ET may have been the bearers of life on our planet and, and will later on move somewhere else. It's very interesting to find it. You'd be really surprised out of the 
1,001 religions, there's probably 40 or 50 of them. I think, I'm not sure who's the biggest, you know, Raelians like to boast of the biggest, but they only have 50,000 members, I don't know if they're the biggest or not. Um, but they got a lot of money to spend, I'll tell you that much. There's several of these organizations, these religions, that had a lot of money to spend, too. Uh, so it's been an interesting thing learning about them and what they believe, what they don't believe, what they think's coming, what they don't think's coming. It's been an interesting ride, I guess. And, and a lot of them, to be weird about this, are not that far off from each other. And some of them are more secretive about what they, how they keep this stuff and some are not. But it's like when I met Monsignor Balducci in uh, Washington, D.C. back in, oh, it was 2010, I think. Maybe not. I was at the X Conference, no lecture. And he was too, and uh, Paul Harris was translating for us. I remember when I asked him, are extraterrestrials? He said, well, of course they are. They're just another one of God's children. He said, the only problems for humans is, is they're not just mentally and physically and uh, more technologically advanced, but they're on a higher spiritual plane than we are. He said, they've been around much longer. He said, these aliens are way, way older than man is. And so they're closer to God than we are. They, they've been around enough to, to kind of move up the evolutionary God chain, from the way he was saying, just weirded me out a little bit because I mean, this is a Catholic priest we're talking about, Monsignor, actually. Right, right. Um, hmm, okay. So then I'm listening to a lecture by the uh, astronomer for the Vatican. He basically says the same thing. So then a friend of mine sends me a bishop in Rome talking about this at the Vatican, talking about this. And he, when, as he goes into God's other children who are on a much higher spiritual plane than we are. And they understand more about God and the universe. Now, this is the Vatican who have been all-knowing, all-seeing for 2,000 years. All of a sudden, we're going to have a role reversal here, or we're going to we're going to look at the universe differently. I mean, hey, when in Rome, well, when when the Pope, right? Well, the Pope was asked outright, "Are aliens really?" Said yes. I mean. Yeah, I mean, that tells you somewhere in them honeycombs there's a bunch of stuff locked up about, you know, what they probably got some graves down there petrified or something knowing them. Lord. They might. It's possible. They have everything they down be there. there. But I think you know, it's what, what was the bishop that lost his finger? Not the bishop, the saint. That might be one of them damn graves. Mm. But it's good, I think, that they're coming forward with something like that because there are a lot of very faithful people out there who don't know what to believe. Some of these these faiths, you know, do not teach that there that the creator could create something aside from just what is on this planet that is so much vaster like if you believe that that your creator created this universe and all that's in it then you really have to consider that there is more in it you, you know with without it infringing mm -hmm. on the belief system so if the vatican has found a way to come out and do this where it doesn't infringe on the belief system then i say all the power to them if they're doing it for the right reasons mm. <clears throat> you know um zach says the only message i get in the congressional hearings on ufos is we don't know what they are we need more money to find out what they are <laughs> yes well probably. if you followed all of the news because we're, we're doing some news we're doing a news show on the centralist on friday but um i know sean says going to be there michael will probably be there hopefully jay will be there but you know anyway we're going to be talking about some of this right in the news show but um from all the major networks except for Fox, I got, oh, this doesn't prove extraterrestrials. Yeah, I kind of agree. It doesn't. The mm -hmm. one uh, friend of mine had called me today about it and, uh, and sent me over some messages about one of them. There was a triangle. A white triangle. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm dying to see it. So, 
some of that, that could be ours or that could be theirs. I mean, we mm -hmm. do know that our government's been messing with the triangles for a while. And now that we're, all of a sudden we're flying hypersonic engines all over the place, just tells you we've been having them for a long time. All of a sudden, we don't have no hypersonic missiles. Next thing I know, we got tests in three different branches of the military and DARPA out there doing them. Like, and it's reverse engineering. Like, you, you know, it's just stuff we've already got. I'm like, yeah, it's still, we're using this for other things. Right. Probably like the RAM scoop engines, because they actually talked about that on one of them, having RAM scoop. So, mm -hmm. this is technology we've had for a while. We just haven't decided what we were going to do with it yet. I mean, we've tried building like the Aurora craft that's been seen a couple of times flying around, but. I don't think they want anything that can jump from here to Moscow in five minutes. Uh, I, I think I it works too much. Well, I do as a, as a person. Alien to shooter, and, and before anybody writes it, it's more like 25 minutes, but still. It's right. been booming. You, you go up, you come down, you're there. You're for Uber. And the ram scoops so a good chunk of their fuel come from the atmosphere itself. It's uh, They're very interesting, and they've been around for a while. Uh, just like our stealth technology. Somebody asked me the other day, well, stealth started in, or told me the other day, he goes, stealth started in like 79. I started laughing. He said, well, like 70. I'm like, And he said, well, what was the first stealth aircraft? I said, the first stealth aircraft I'm aware of was the SR-71 Blackbird, which I think debuted in like 50 or 51. I said, by the way, that is still the fastest plane in the world. I said, here we are 70 years later, and it's still the fastest plane in the world. Right. It is still a stealth aircraft. As far as I know, that was the first one. God knows what we've invented and came up with since then. And that's the real problem to all the UFO stuff in the United States. So in the old days, we had to contend with weather anomalies, crankers, hoaxers, freaks, and DARPA and them working on back then when DARPA or somebody else, but they were working on new projects and occasionally what might be an extraterrestrial. Today is much different. Today is the world of the drone. Drones, you can use it. Drones look, oh, God, they make a UFO guy's job a nightmare. Anybody can have a UFO now. And, I mean, you can make that damn thing look realistic. It can go sit up there and hover and take off and then go dark black, you know, dark against the sky where you can't see it uh, because there's no engine. It's all electric. Uh, they can get pretty big, can't they? Oh, they drones can get huge. I mean, get as big as any aircraft we got. We're actually building drone models of the SR we got of the um, of the um, uh, F-35s. We got a couple of drones of the F-35s. And wow. I heard we have a couple of F-22s. They actually say the F-22 is safer to fly as a drone than it is by a thing. But they called it the widow kill for every because it's all fly-by-wire. It's all fly-by-computer, really. I mean, basically, you're just in it. The plane's doing whatever the hell it wants according to which way you need to stick or push the button. It's like a video game. <laughs> and wow. this, usually it's faster than you are. So it's uh, it's dangerous weaponry, but We've got so many things flying in the sky, and all we got these drone swarms now, which is probably things people were reporting back in the 90s with these drone swarms, which run on different technology than they do today. But I remember the guy who came out with the technology, all of a sudden he's flying 100 drones together at a time. First off, it's a weapon. That is just devastating. And then some company came out last week with a bucket that can attach to a regular-sized drone that can drop bombs. Oh, my gosh. So that means any country like us with, who's got a buttload of drones flying all over the place, you know, China's probably there too. I mean, they, we just weaponized our drones beyond blue. Plus, we got all these specialty drones, like the ones we just shoot to send to Ukraine. But they look we're like we're well, not even going to need actual human soldiers between AI well, and drones. We've got one that it, it, it's cruising along. It kind of it's kind of skinny looking, and it'll just be cruising, and then it'll, it, it has the ability to stop and hover, and then to go again. 
it looks like a UFO, especially if you've seen it off so a mile off or a half mile off. It kind of got a saucery look to it. It's kind of grayish, silver machinery. Uh, it doesn't come up on radar. It's silent because, again, it's electric. It's not flying on on gas. Uh, right. So it's very quiet. So it, it's much quieter. Mm -hmm. um, it's you know technology today is scary because we don't know what the hell's going on. <clears throat> mm. So now it makes it that much harder to figure out who is there. Doing a what? Sorry, guys. It, right. uh, you know, who's doing what with what. And that's one of the reasons the Pentagon wants us to start watching for them because they know Russia and China and other countries are developing drone technology. And we don't want to be sitting here one day and we say, oh, look at all the pretty glowing blooms. And then all of a sudden, 5,000 bombs drop out of the sky from 5,000 drones from China. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we don't, you know, and they're so small, unless they're in a big pack, you're probably not even going to notice them. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. this, this is this, so how do you know if it's an actual alien crap? So the aliens must love this. <clears throat> We've actually made it that much harder now to figure out what's real and what's not. And you can't even say some of these pilots who have seen weird stuff weren't drones being tested by the country. So do you think this is what they want, perhaps? Like, I'm going to play devil's advocate here. Yes. Do you think that maybe the Pentagon would prefer that people don't really know the difference? So if aliens are coming in the well, atmosphere or it's like that we're not going to know the difference like i'm just looking at again devil's advocate well, this, being this different false flags we should share them thing. we should you well, know no, the pentagon's going to play this both sides they're going right. to play this as oh yeah if you see a ufo report but they don't want you to report anything because then they can find out one if someone's flying illegal drones the fba is going to love this yeah have, you know because people fly illegal drones all the time in our country so they'll be able to you know oh it's a Oh, but it turned out to be a drone, but still they'll be happy. They might even give you a reward if it turns out to be somebody flying and illegal. Mm -hmm. um, so they, they, they want you to do that. And if you see something weird, they're going to still want you to report it. It's what they were saying today. They really want to make it the way pilots can go back to reporting these things without being ridiculed or made fun of. Mm -hmm. and, That's uh, a big one. Right? It is, because in the old days, you could report them. Today, they took the Foo Fighters very serious, which nobody still today can't figure out what the hell Foo Fighters were, which was... Oh man, what is that? 60, 70, 80 years ago? And, and we still don't know what the hell they were. Matter of fact, the closest we can come today would be drone technology, where a drone would come along the top of it, hover around it, do a circle around it, and take off. We've got drones that can do that today. Mm -hmm. uh, so, in that case, it could have been somebody more advanced, or more than likely, it was just something that somebody here visited. You know, so we're going to do that. When we get into space, we're going to do that. We're, when we find races less advanced, we're going to go visit. A lot of times we'll be disguised and hiding. Sometimes we'll screw up. But we're going to go visit. If, if Africa and, and South America taught us anything, it says, don't screw around with shit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, kids, don't try this at home. Uh, yeah, so so no. basically, all you know, they're trying to get away from the traditional stigma that sort of gets in the way of, like, really good reporting but i mean the media gets a bad rap you know as well i mean we we've talked about how that's been used as a as a tool um you know just you yeah, know say what you're told to say and, and that's that we don't yeah, it's, it's hard to is flying something out in arizona or new mexico or mm -hmm. colorado or anywhere out there vegas and um somebody gets reported they can use that darker can say oh no it wasn't ours uh, it must have been an alien, and then that'll just play. The media will carry that and say, "Well, uh, they'll 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 do something funny and they'll say something stupid like, well, nobody can really identify. Maybe it's an alien.' 
Like, don't be stupid. When it probably mm. was or was right. not. But it helps stop it. I mean, they've been hiding stuff like the Cash Landry case. That's the way they hit it. Uh, this thing, we don't know if it was a recovered craft or just something our government was working. They think it was some type of nuclear or atomic aircraft. Uh, Stan Friedman and I talked about this a couple of times. And, uh, and the reason why we don't have them is because it would make every airport basically a nuclear bomb or a dirty bomb because you have to keep reactorized there to change it out on the aircraft. So it's one of the reasons that we, we didn't go that route. But uh, whatever this was, it was it was kind of floating along, moving along. I got over the Texas Highway in Texas and it was just floating along. And it passed over this car with these people standing inside and outside of it. And behind it was an all kind of aircraft. Helicopters and stuff, you know, chase planes and things like that. Keep in mind, it, it just sounds like it was something else. Well, the lady who's standing outside died of cancer uh, not that long after. It actually melted the asphalt around the car. Uh, the other two got cancer, but it didn't kill them. Uh, and still today, they have not recanted their story about what happened. So mm. even though it sounded a lot like an alien craft, it's definitely a UFO. It's an unidentified flying object. But was it alien? No, it sounded like it was something we were doing that got out of control, which happened sometimes. I mean, it was in the middle of nowhere, Texas. So they weren't trying to hurt anybody. It was just... They were just on this lonely road cruising on, and I can understand that. A lot of times I'm out on lonely highways in the middle of nowhere cruising around looking for stuff, and uh, shit like that just happens because you're in the right place at the wrong time, in the wrong place at the right time, however you want to look at it. But in their case, it was definitely the wrong place at the wrong time. Hmm. It's a case that's still prominent today, but it, it's a proof case that the military uses UFOs uh, as a way to hide stuff. Or to say, oh, well, that's not ours. Even though I think they ended up having to pay out this particular case. So, so they're they're playing both sides of the fence essentially. Yeah. Why not? It's your fence. Why not play both sides of it? <laughs> wow. Um, I don't know. It's really again, it's really difficult. It, it, to me, it comes back down to the false flag thing. Um, it's easier to give a false flag if your own people are up there creating the havoc. Because you're playing both sides, therefore, you know, people are liable to think, well, you know, all of this is happening. You've got these UFOs that are, that are, you know, causing issues that are swarming the aircraft carriers that are harassing the pilots, but are they extraterrestrial crafts or is this just a show we're putting on getting a bit of video footage? Let's let's, because let's face it. The military and, and the war machine, as I call it, it's big business, right? We the all know this. It's months. not a it's not a secret. So one so far, what forty billion to the Ukraine so far? Yeah, big business. Big business. So again, I'm so just playing devil's advocate here, but you know, isn't that a really good way to create a false flag and instill fear um, that people should fear, you know, extraterrestrials and that this is a viable, you know, we have to protect ourselves from this. <laughs> Right. Uh, see, unfortunately, you can't really make people fear extraterrestrials because they've already been working against that. And the main reason why is we're we're like cows, okay? Most of the time, docile. <laughs> no, we are the human race is like cattle. We're right. docile most of the time. We're walking around grazing right. our little grass, minding our little business. You scare us or piss us off, we stampede, and then we become a dangerous mass that wipes out everything. And we're so, a herd of cows. So yeah. aliens really don't want no. that particular design, and neither does the military for that matter. Right. This is, you, know, you don't want like half of Arizona losing their mind, stampeding around, and half a million people get killed because people are running over each other. Right. Um, it's, 
So, you, you know, scaring the population that way doesn't work. Now, breaking us in and helping us understand will, will want, make us want to explore space, mm. like the doorway on Mars. To me, that doorway is much more interesting than anything that was said on the Pentagon thing today. And I, I listened to it. I mean, it was not bad, but I agree with most of the assessments. It doesn't prove extraterrestrial, it just proves no. anomalies that could be could be extraterrestrial, could be something else, mm-hmm. could be some kind of drone, could be something flying around that don't belong there. So, but this mm-hmm. doorway thing, somebody said, well, it's only three feet. Well, three feet, it's still three feet. And it's still got 45 degree corners. It's got a flat wall coming off the 45 degree corner with a capstone. I'm like, mm-hmm. now I've actually seen designs like this in Egypt. That's right. That's right. It's so, definitely... It's it's intentionally created. It's not it's not like other, a, a, a natural some formation. Some of the Druids, some of the Viking stuff. Yeah, there's no way it's natural. They can they can try to say it is all day long. Yeah. So we said, we'll look from a different angle. Say, so, yeah, if you get the right angle where you can't see the corners no more, I bet you it looks does it look like that. As long as you can see the the two corners and the inches going down the side, look smooth walls. No, not like that. Breakoffs, yeah, not smooth on. This looks like it had maybe like a limestone coating on it or something. Right. It looks like that all the way out. And it's more than that. When you look, you follow the 45 down, there's actually a, a, a bevel angle that comes in and turns and comes out like this. Well, I'm sorry, it goes like this. Uh, I don't know. It doesn't look like it's natural. You know, I, I hate to get into Mars because the face, people are like, well, remember the face, remember the face. I said, well, the face never convinced me that it was a face. I said, that's pareidolia too. Pareidolia is a sneaky bitch. Yeah. And you need to get multiple shots. This is different. I've seen this from three shots now. One of it, it looks like nothing. Two, it looks like somebody built it. Mm -hmm. So two out of three, it looks like somebody built it. But, you know, and people always want to go to the face, but there's much better things on Mars than the face. There's those weird tube things. There is at least four pyramids that are definitely pyramids of some kind. They're five sided, but they're definitely some type of pyramid. even equidistal sides all the way around from top to bottom and across each side. That Mother Nature don't do stuff like that. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't happen naturally. That's why NASA never wants to talk about the Sedona region because when you take an aerial shot, it looks like an aerial shot over Rome or Egypt or South America of somebody's ruins. That's right. what it looks like. Um, right. If you've seen this, if somebody told you this shot was taken in, 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 on Earth somewhere, you'd have no problem knowing they were ruins. Everybody would agree where they were ruins. But because of the fact that they were taken on Mars, we don't want to talk about that. But that goes right back to the desensitization program. So when you and I would just knee high to a cricket, um, mm. actually, be, actually before that, really, uh, when Disney was about knee high to a cricket, they decided that okay, we're going to introduce extraterrestrials to the world now in a big way. Because remember, we had uh, uh, Jules Burns and a couple others who were already writing stuff like this in the 1800s. Uh, we also had, you know, Frankenstein and things like this. But this was much different. This was intentional to get people used to seeing aliens. And not just one alien, but a variety of different types of aliens. This was a twofold reason. One, when you can look at everything differently and not hate, it helps to actually work out things like uh, prejudice and things like that. It, it actually helps with that. But it also desensitizes your mind to the fact that it's something weird and it's extraterrestrials from another world. Eventually, mm-hmm. mine just okay. Yeah, what's well, another alien movie? It's another this. Now here we are. Fast forward all these years to 2022. We got Avatar. We've got Star Wars. We've got Star Trek. Almost all the major blockbuster movies 
a science fiction and they're dealing with space. Now, not all of them people don't get crazy. There are movies like um, Titanic and stuff like that. There are love stories out there and a few other kind of movies that have done big. But when it comes right to look at Avatar, the biggest money-making movie was. of all time. I, I so, can't tell you how many times I saw that movie. <laughs> my son was telling me today, the, um, they yeah. put the, um, the trailer up. The trailer's been watched more than all the Star Wars and Star Trek trailers combined. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's ridiculous. So, and we're getting used to these weird aliens, these weird worlds, these weird planets. We're getting used to thinking in different ways and not in a straight meaning kind of God kind of way. Now we're moving slowly but surely. We're moving away from that. Uh, mm. we're, we're getting nudged away a little bit at a time, a little bit at a time. So this has been going on. So now we're at the point, and I've been saying it for, since I was hosting Make Up USA, we're at the point where something has to get. So we either need to find like something like a plant on Mars or maybe a mouse or something, so or maybe some um, some bones or something. Okay, well, the doorway does pretty well. That suggests that there was, not is, was life on Mars. There's right. anything that says that there's life on Mars right now. There may be some on the ground, but that's another thing. But right now, when you look at Mars, Mars looks dead. Okay, so, wow, there was a race there at one time. I hope it wasn't Andrew Basagio and, and Alfred Weber, but still. Because mm-hmm. uh, ambassadors will be right, and I'll have to kiss them both. So the thing about it is, is, is something was there. Who was it? What was it? Man, if it's only three foot, that's about a gray's height, man. <laughs> I'm getting a little nervous. I know. <laughs> so, but what was it? And NASA didn't want to talk about it. Nobody, nobody in the world wants to talk about it. But to see, one, why not? They're, they're not like, again, let's look at the Pentagon and NASA. I mean, let's face it. Right now they're talking about all of this stuff. Um, you can't hide. I mean, well, I mean, you're military. I suppose you can. But. But, you know, the satellites capture this. They're giving us tidbits, but they don't want to explore it. Here's a tidbit that the rover caught, right? Or here's a tidbit that that the satellites caught. But they, they're giving it to you, but they don't want to really discuss it. They're leaving it to your to our own assessment, I suppose. Like, would it not be better to just come out and say, you know what? Yeah, this is what we think it is. Yeah. I mean... Wouldn't because it? It, they, because it's then not people might leave it alone. No, because people are not going to leave it alone. People can help themselves. Again, they're nosy and irritating. So when yeah, you but give if them they the already path, know the answer, fine. then maybe they'll leave it alone. Right now, they're leaving it they, up to our own devices. The <laughs> they, that's the problem. They're, they're not, they're not going to agree on the answer. They're just like everything else on our planet, there'll be three sides. Um, mm-hmm. you know, the left, the right, and the truth. Whatever's in the middle there. Let's back up for one minute then. Because you were talking about all these science uh, science fiction films. You know, there there is a story that Gene Roddenberry actually met with the Council of Nine, right? These, these mm-hmm. truly enlightened beings um, who wanted him to come forward and write and to do something, to find a way, I guess, to get us as people used to seeing other people and beings that just looked different and how they work together, coexist. I mean, it's pretty primitive back in the day, you know, with, with, with all of this. Now, this is just, a, you know, something that's going around. And some ufologists say, yeah, this actually happened. Others like, yeah, whatever. You know, it's all like the story we hear about George Lucas coming, going back in time to visit himself with the script from Star Wars because it was so freaking yeah, was amazing. That was good. That was DC Legends, man. That was good stuff. Right? I know. But do you see how this stuff floats around? 
Because let's face it, Gene Roddenberry was so far ahead of his time. Star Trek was just something that left us all in awe going, wow. Y'all going to make me burst out stuff up. <laughs> so, right? so first off, y'all know Gene Roddenberry used to be a Western writer, right? Yeah. So a lot of the themes you see in Star Trek was in his Westerns. Uh, yeah. Just brought into a science fiction and out of a Western. But it was the same story. Right. And secondly, if the aliens wanted Gene to have that kind of insight, they would just send it to him. They'd upload it to his head. He would, he would need no counsel. Now he's not equipment enough for that. Yeah, right. Uh, even though Star Trek changed the world. Man, I'm the more, messenger. That's all. <laughs> he's going to keep changing the world. He's just, you know, he's just one. I mean, there's Jewel Burns, there's George Lucas, there's uh, yeah. the Clockwork Orange, there's Copen, whatever his name is. Uh, Frankel, uh, what's his name? Uh, oh God, I can't. From Clockwork Orange. Oh, I can't remember it either. But that anyway, was ahead of his it, time. It, 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 anyway, yeah it's, yeah, it's regardless. There's been lots and lots of these people out there, and uh, yeah. the reason Star Trek is, does as well as it is because it makes a lot of money. Yeah, so. but it's so out there. I mean, there, there's just really, things that 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 came out in that that series that left people. If anything, it left us sitting there, sort of thinking, "Yeah, you know what? You get used to seeing these these different sort of beings, and you think to yourself, I could probably coexist with with people like this." You know, I, I recently read something um, about aliens. Ice cream. We're good to go. <laughs> I recently read something about aliens, um, where the individual who wrote the article basically said something along the lines of you can't be, you know you can't believe them they're evil they create hybrids because they can't exist for themselves this planet is about humans and our evolution it shouldn't be you know we shouldn't be tolerating hybrids we shouldn't be tolerating these ets coming on and i think to myself why the division like why not you know are we all you know, stuff that you've talked about on the show before, we pretty much probably are all hybrids in one form or another. So why why not, like, coexist? Why is this such an issue? Because we ignorant. As a species, we ignorant. That's why. Right. If, 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 if we were, I don't know. The problem is it doesn't look like we're going to get any more enlightenment. What I mean by that is we're developing apart, not together. Right. We're breaking into segments. So really what needs to happen is we need to find other worlds for each one of these segments to develop its own world and form a coalition. And, and maybe we'll have a chance then. But at the rate we're going right now, somebody's going to nuke somebody. Mm. It's just a matter of time. And, um, you know, it mm -hmm. could be us. I mean, we're the ones that nuked, nuked them the first time. Right. So, you know, the United States already proved they'll use nukes. So it doesn't mean we won't. China might have to use them. Russia wants to use them, but Russia won't even wipe out the face of the planet. And neither mm -hmm. we, for that matter. You know, right. All, all Americans will move to Canada, and then they'll be outnumbered like five to one. Mm -hmm. Rough, man. Especially them crazy Americans. You know, the Yankees are crazy. So, so uh, do you think this new task force is a way of of just integrating us all? Because now they're saying if you see something, you absolutely need to report it. So do you think that we are – do you think that they just want a mass report 
of whatever they see? Does it matter what it is? Is. They, they want to know. They want to know what it is that they don't know what it is. So yeah. a lot of this stuff, they understand what it is. A lot of what was shown today or yesterday was stuff they really have a good idea of what it is. Or they wouldn't show it. Remember, that's why they're having a secret. Mm-hmm. So you go, wait, wait, wait. Well, you're telling us. And then all the stuff, all the reporters are like, oh, what the hell proved? Yeah, but all of a sudden, we got to have a secret meeting about this. What, what's in the secret meeting that we don't get to hear about? Is it something about an extraterrestrial being seen, a craft being down? Is there something along these lines? Uh, somebody in storage somewhere? Mm. It's obviously something they don't want us to know. And why don't they want us to know? Is it going to scare us? Mm-hmm. Because if it's an alien or a secret weapon that our enemies have, it could scare us, cause pain. You know, so is that what it is? Is it they don't can't control the information? Are they told not to put it out there? Um, so by reporting uh, it, they're essentially controlling the information. Yeah, or or so this way they can put a stop to a lot of weirdness that goes on ahead of time. That's what um, Project Science, Project Grudge, and Project Blue Book were really about. They were about taking calls and disproving, and that's what this is going to be about. This is going to be about people are going to call in and they go, oh, no, it was a drone. Oh, no, it was it was the Goodyear blimp. Oh, no, it was this, that, or the other damn thing. There's going to be a lot of that. And a lot of it's going to be true, but a lot of it's not. You're going to hear a lot of it. Oh, it was Venus. It was Venus. It was Venus. Mm-hmm. I would figure by 2022, most people would know what freaking Venus looks like, but maybe not. We've all been living inside a lot lately. So people, go look up in the sky and find out what Venus is before you go report it, okay? It does look like a UFO a lot of times. Right. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, it's pretty bright. Yeah. So or the, the space station, same idea. Yeah, there's a lot of weird stuff in the skies and lots of satellites now all over the place. I mean, Not even uh, now. Elon, yeah, Elon Musk just put up another 53. His goal is to get like 10,000 out there. He's going to make it to where Russia or China gives us any trouble. He's just going to swarm their satellites and destroy them, which he can do with these. We found out recently he can do this with these little glass. Uh, his little satellites, he ran right in the store. I'm wondering if the little dude didn't put a charge that, on it. That's sort of frightening when you're thinking of a person that's got that kind of, of control. Now, well, I mean, he got worried because America wasn't doing nothing about it. So he decided, you know what? I'm a private citizen. I can put as many satellites up there as I want. I'm doing good. I'm giving everybody internet in places they couldn't get it before. Right. So nobody can really complain about it. And now the government might even pay for half of it. That <laughs> wizard. Yeah, it's it's smart. And when you get into the whole satellite thing and you're getting into artificial intelligence, have you what are your thoughts on? And I'm going to say theory because I don't know. I just read a lot. Um, This computer. Artificial intelligence that connects to all these satellites that's believed to be an Antarctica named Baby. I don't know. I know. I know. It feels like the Matrix. (laughs) Just saying, it connects to five G and all. It does feel like the Matrix. You get one of them weird deja vu moments, which I don't get as many as I used to when I was young. Maybe I don't pay as much attention. Yeah, that's a good point. but if it connects to everything, what are we all worried about? It can operate anything, could take over anything. Yeah, you see, I, I think I think thanks to some seventies and eighties computer takeover movies that there's still a lot of autonomous control in between. Uh, right. I remember God, this was like in eighty five or eighty six, Congress passing laws dealing with artificial intelligence. Uh, because they were scared that some might take over Russia's missile defense system in my eyes and start war. 
which is not beyond, beyond the realm of possibility. I mean, watch The Matrix. I mean, you never know. Uh, so, oh, hello, Frog. How are you? Is that an alien? Oh, I don't know who that is. Okay, never mind. Let's move on. <laughs> I was going to say, hmm. <laughs> Let's move on. That's just somebody coming to visit for a little while. <laughs> yeah, it, it, strange, strange. It's like, str oh, people, let me know what y'all think about Strange New Worlds. The new Star Trek is out. Uh, I enjoyed it. It's just what it says it's going to be. Uh, week to week, different shows, just like the original series. So it's been kind of interesting so far. Uh, Captain Pike's are doing a good job. Spock's doing a good job. I like number one the best. She's doing a good job, too. Yes, the way the original Star Trek was meant to be, actually. Mm. That was the, that was the, um, what do you call it? The, not the showrunner, the, um, oh, hell, the pilot. That's Pike was in the pilot, yeah. That's right. And, and yeah. now he's got his own series. All these 70 years later, somehow, or <laughs> 60 years later, he's got his own series. It's like it 150. Yeah, yeah, it's, 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 it's kind of strange. It took him um, long enough, for sure. <laughs> our government, along with everybody else's government, for that matter, is, is wants to know what's out there. So we're, we're getting ready to get into space, seriously. Thanks to mm -hmm. Elon and Jeff Bezos in China. Thank you, China. We're going to get into space, seriously. Now, you know what's funny about this? I say that. If you look at a lot of the sci-fi movies like uh, Babylon 5 or Firefly or uh, well, a couple others besides that, they make it like that, where China and the corporations from the United States kind of merge and they get into deep space. And almost every, almost all the world you go to, everybody speaks both Mandarin and English, mm. which is interesting. Also in uh, Blade Runner was like that as well, but there's a couple more besides that. Um, where they twist the two together because they know eventually that's what's going to happen. If either that's going to happen, we're going to wipe each other out, one or two. Uh, so you know, everybody's picking the lighter and then you know, somehow another will figure out a way to just live together and move on. And mm -hmm. get well, but a lot of these shows had it set up like that. Mm -hmm. And that's the way it's looking right now. The United States <laughs> is going to get into space on a major way. Elon and them are looking at, they're talking about mining the, you know, Elon wants to go to Mars and live there, but he wants to mine the asteroid belt. So there's a couple others. There's so much. There's one asteroid on there that is worth more than our entire planet. More mm -hmm. than our entire damn planet. They found a nickel iron asteroid, God, like 30 years ago that was worth almost a trillion dollars in the market. I mean, there's astronomical amounts of money to be made here. And the people who are going to be out there working and the equipment are going to be stinking, filthy rich. going to be like the, the original oil guys. Uh, they'll be out there, and so we're moving into space, and the aliens know it, everybody knows it. We've, we've stayed on the planet as long as we can. There's seven and a half billion of us. We're starting to feel a little crowded, uh, well, especially if you live in Europe or Asia. But are we? It's a big planet. It is, but that's what I was just saying. So from yeah. our point of view, because we live in the Americas, man, there's land everywhere. You don't have time, can't see your damn neighbors. But in Euro and Asia, it's different. They're old worlds. You know, China, 1.5 billion. India, 1.3 billion. Oh, sure, depending on where you go. I've been to different parts of the world, let me tell you. And there's just uh, as much space as there is here. Do you realize, and most people don't think about this, but 11 nuclear warheads could wipe out, what is it, 3.6 billion people, half the population, in one attack. In one attack. Just by hitting several just those places precisely. Mm. It's just population advances. Uh, and they're talking about fallout and things like that as well, but still, that's a lot. Um, you got because you got China and, and well, China and, and India alone are almost three billion. And if you add in all the rest of Asia out there, that's another 
three or four hundred million, and in Europe is what at probably three hundred, four hundred million. Um, so Europe is a big place combined, all these countries, and I've, I've been to different parts of it. There's yeah, lots of room. It's very spaced out. I mean, it's like any big city. You look at Toronto with two, three million people. Just I, I like what city. the Texas governor said. He said all the Mediterranean countries could fit into Texas. It's yeah, like, right? you tell them, Texas guys. You don't oh, say there around, we There we go. Now, yeah. maybe in Alaska, because Alaska is huge. It's half the size of the continental U.S. I mean, you look at some countries, look at like, like Cairo, like just one city. You know, Egypt's got like, at the time I was there, there was 52 million people in one very small country. So, I mean, hey, I can see. Tiniest country. Now it would be. Just sells off pretty good lately. Yeah. Or, or Mohammed, but it kind of slowed down. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, I think if, if people could be self-sufficient and get along, you know, I think the planet as a whole can fit that many people as a whole oh, but no, unfortunately no. we have high concentrations of areas that are draining um you know the resources and and it's oh, becoming yeah. an issue because other people Canadian, don't share their why. resources these canadians are hogs man oh, yeah yes like about oil are you kidding jt's got the doors open how are you come on in. all the chocolate I mean, it's, it's ridiculous man it's yeah. crazy out there no. No, before anybody writes him, just teasing Michelle because he's from Canada. Calm down. <laughs> but, uh, That's okay. But you That's know, okay. but it's like it's like Alaska. I mean, there's a lot of sightings in Alaska. Yeah. Being, you know, there's not that many people there, but there's a lot of territory. Um, so technically, technically speaking, you're looking at all these people who have like the 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 space race, as I call it, trying to make their way into space, and. If this happens, then that technically puts them in the whole UAP category. They come lurking well, about. They, they well. might be a UAP on somebody else's planet. Well, right. So I think for them, for a lot of these guys who are doing this, because it's not just there was four billionaires in this. So the Sierra Nevada, which is a which is an investment group, there's a what's his name, that Maccabee, whatever his name, that built his uh, Virgin Airlines. Vir right. Virgin, oh, uh, Sir uh, Richard Bronson. Yeah, and then there's the uh, Bezos, and I mean, this this was the way. And I said this, and I, I guess I get to say it because I called for anybody called. When I first started doing radio, I'm like, if you ever want to see us take off in space, you just privatize and see what happens. And I preached mm -hmm. that shit until all of a sudden one day it was privatized. I was like, woohoo, yeah, baby. Well, because and nobody else is getting into space that way. I've seen <laughs> I've seen more happen in the last ten years than the entire yep. time NASA set a space program. Right. Um, and don't get me wrong, NASA. I'm not hating on you. I'm a big fan of NASA. Oh, but for... these guys, these guys are not building faster, better, cheaper. They're building. Let's do it right. Let's get it right. Let's not waste a bunch of money. Let's get it right. Mm -hmm. So we have money to build other stuff. Now. But um, you have to come clean then, as as far as NASA and the Pentagon go, because you can have all these independent people going into space. They're going to see all kinds of stuff. Yeah, but don't quite work that way. You still got to have NASA's permission to go to space. Um, they don't ask me exactly how. I guess you could go over to Russia, but even there, you got to have their permission. Well, they're talking about bringing everyday people. If you can afford to go, you yeah, can and, go. And they're not I mean, it's been happening. They're getting ready. They're getting ready to put the launch zone. I think it's in New Mexico. They got the spaceport. Right. Anyway, it's somewhere out there. Because even our yeah. astronauts have blown the whistle. But that's the problem. You know, or they're just going to let them just go to space. You can probably. They're going to probably Lots make of them it. Blown the whistle. Yeah, but they have to make it where you get special licenses, and you know, so you'll see a lot of Air Force and Navy pilots start becoming astronauts. And they won't even call them astronauts, and they'll still be pilots. 
because see they will still because they still have to abide by um their their even though they're retired maybe leaving and then becoming pilots or you have air force people becoming you know um astronauts and stuff you would still have to abide by because like yourself right you were in the navy and you still have to abide by certain things you can't just go blabbering off everything you want to blabber yeah, off you get big trouble for it. that's what, what i'm mean? saying so if you have your own people who are in the position you know become put your own people in the position of being an astronaut and being these pilots that are going into space and they're still abiding by the code of conduct so to speak whereas if you just have everyday people who are becoming paid astronauts by these independent companies that are taking everyday people into space then you start seeing things then they could just come off and go blah 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 so you want your own people yeah well, I minus, a, minus yeah minus a war in less than 100 years we'll be in living on at least five other bodies in our solar system at least five hundred. Yeah. And that's in less than a hundred years. We'll be on Mars probably within ten years. If Elon's got his way, it'll definitely be ten years. It might be fifteen, but he's going to Mars no matter what. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're getting ready to start. They're talking about just recently starting to send supplies there. They want to spend like five years just sending rockets with, with supplies there, which is a good way of doing it. That way, when you get there, you've got a ten-year supply, or whatever, and you know you can still have people sending. Stuff. And I imagine Elon, even if it's in 10 minutes, he'll probably still wait another five or 10 after that before he goes. Mm-hmm. So they'll be sending more and more supplies. It'll be a self-sufficient colony. Right. Eventually, they'll, they'll bring bacteria and put it into the soil. They'll, they might find it on the ground. Regardless, they'll be able to grow things. And, and you know, they'll, start, they'll get smart. They'll put a lot of their, their colonies inside a mountain, like Olympus Mount, somewhere where the radiation is going to be far less and it'll be easier to pressurize. Mm. Start living there. I mean, the only the only downsides to living on Mars for humans is is it'll change our bodies eventually because of the, the lack of gravity. The fetus will change, so, so they're going to have to. Our bodies to adapt, on. much like aliens would adapt. Yeah, that's what would happen. But they, they have a plan, so the main habitat will be uh, on one G. It'll be in a little thing that spins at one G. And that way, then you, anytime you're at home, asleep, or anytime in the main habitat, you'll always have a winchy environment. So that way, if you're pregnant or something like that, the baby is still, you know, doing normal and will grow up normal. Uh, but if you don't have that, they've already showed what happens to chickens. They, they end up with no legs because they don't need them in space when they're hatched. All kind of weird mutations happen. So, and, you know, and, and if you moved, if that happened to you on Mars, I imagine it's one-sixth gravity, one-third gravity. Um, you, you might be a little skinnier, a little linkier. You know, your legs and arms might be a little long. You'll definitely be able to jump because you won't need to climb. So many of the ETs we're seeing here could potentially be us. From we, we could just, yeah, we could have just, or, we could have been, well, no, we could have just been Martians that were transplanted here whenever the catastrophe happened. Right, um, right. You know, so as far as we know, there was a catastrophe on Mars, Venus, uh, the asteroid belt, and Earth all around the same time, somewhere between 55 and 65 million years ago. Nobody knows exactly what happened, when it happened. It does sound like maybe a big body maybe crashed in. Maybe there was a planet between Mars and Jupiter, um, and it was destroyed, mm. and that created an asteroid belt. But what happened, it, it sent asteroids flying out from it. So one smacked the crap out of Earth, one definitely smacked Mars, and one probably smacked Venus. And uh, that whatever life was going on those three planets at the time, which all three of them probably had life, was pretty much wiped out. Earth seemed to be the only one that really <clears throat> came back. Venus may one day still come back. When it cools down, I mean, it's the same size as Earth. It has a rotation. It doesn't have any moons, but 
Hell, we could tag toast and S-words over there and give it a damn meaning for as far as that goes. But mm-hmm. it cool then. And, and it, it's a shame that you couldn't pump the greenhouse gas from Venus to Mars because you could, you could terraform two planets at the same time. Mm. Uh, because that would cool down Venus and Venus would cool. Anyway, it goes, Venus is going to be hotter because it's at the beginning of the inhabitable zone. So it's, its days normally will be around 100, we're at 104, 105. You like living in the Mojave, uh, something like that. But if you're born there, you'd be used to that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and on, on Mars, it'd be a little cooler. You wouldn't have to be as strong. On, on Venus, though, you'd, you'd be basically the same size as us, same strength as us. You'd just be much better suited for heat. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be very well suited to coal, right. <laughs> so because uh, unless the planet just sat there, and then that might be different. You know, have a a day and night that would suck. You got to go to bed. You got to go all the way to the other side of the planet. Right, You're right. Like get the hell out of here. I'm just teasing. <laughs> but we do have we do have those three planets inside the inhabitable zone, and they do look like at one time they all had life. The reason we know this about Venus, we're pretty sure Mars does now from some of the stuff we found, but Venus. One of the very first probes that went to Venus found out that its upper atmosphere is identical to Earth's, which means at one time it evolved like we did. Better than that, though, they found particles of matter inside the atmosphere, which suggested life of some kind. They even thought maybe there was some type of life in the clouds there uh, that was living there. Nobody knows for sure. We've only ever had, what, two, two probes there, I think. Um, these are all interesting things, us, but right now Venus is 800 degrees. We don't know. You know, I guess we could take Pluto and take an ice shelf off and float it over Venus and cool it off. We don't have this kind of technology yet. This isn't Star Trek era. (laughs) If you think about how much money is going into space exploration and, and, um, you know, contact and flight and and everything that's involved with it, even the space station, I mean, everything. Getting to space, big business, very expensive. We talk about how life here on the planet you know, it isn't sustainable. Like we just don't have enough space. We don't have enough resources, but we haven't really explored our planet. We really haven't. We've explored aspects, some parts of the planet, but would we not be better off? Wouldn't it be less expensive to, to do just that and explore our own planet and make it more viable for everybody? We've kind of mapped the whole planet now. Um, and deep awesome. sea exploration. There's still good. There's still chunks of the deep sea that hasn't been explored. There's still some deep, deep parts of the Amazon that you could probably say we're still on. But there might be a couple of places deep in Africa that somebody's been there, but not in town recently. So mm-hmm. it's it's there's still these places, but they're not places that you want to live or I want to live or any other civilized person. Do you wants want to go to live, live on Mars, Joe? Is that what it is? <laughs> oh shit! I'd move to Mars tomorrow. <laughs> Really? <laughs> um, well, hell yeah, because your view is much more unobstructed there. So if you were looking for like objects in space mm-hmm. or uh, other inhabitable worlds, your view from there would be much better than it is from here. Mm-hmm. And, uh, now and there won't be no pollution in the atmosphere. It'll be a very thin little atmosphere to look through. Uh, yes, unobstructed views. Naked views of the skies, people. I know kinky, kinky astronomy going on there. It's, um, it, it, there, there's a lot of big pluses to Mars. Mm-hmm. One, for someone my age, if I moved there, would probably add 15 or 20 years to my life. Because all my, I, you know, gravity is one of the things that's, that's killing us. You know, pushing down on your body, pulling on your body, pulling on your heart, pulling on every organ you have in your body. Well, that would stop on Mars. 
Mm-hmm. Your heart wouldn't have to work as hard, not near as hard. Uh, you, everything would be easier. You're, you're actually automatically stronger there because it's only one third G. Mm. So you're two thirds stronger than you are here. It's a bad way of doing it, but still. You know, you can jump instead of having stairs. You would just jump from the first floor to the second floor. Mm-hmm. Just kind of loop and get up on your stairs. You wouldn't need stairs. Or you'd have a pull, a pull of one, but maybe two pulls and just pull yourself up and you'd be up there. Uh, so it's a different, yeah, it would be a little bit different. Yeah, the only the only real downsides to Mars is, is there's no, um, you know, the sucky part is there's no atmosphere, but that's not what bothers me. There's no pressure is because you have to wear a suit. If, it, if they had pressure on Mars and all you have to wear is a mask for your oxygen, you could run around like it's normal. Mm-hmm. They can do that just by doing greenhouse things. You know, humans have learned how to do greenhouse very well now, so we can apply what we've learned to Mars. All we'd have to do is send over five or six or seven big carbon chewing machines or build them there for that matter. All they would do is scoop up dirt and burn it, basically. And they could make their own fuel there, they could get the dirt, they could get everything they need, and that would create a heavy, car, uh, heavy thick mist in the atmosphere to lower the pressure or raise the pressure mm-hmm. uh, so that we would have to have mass. We wouldn't have any atmosphere to breathe, that would have to come later on. But that would be the first stage, and it would also help to melt the ice caps on both ends to start to release oxygen back into the atmosphere. Mm-hmm. There is some there now, this is not enough. Uh, so it, it could mm-hmm. be terrible. It's not quite that easy, ladies and gentlemen, but it could be terrible. Mm-hmm. Yes. I tend to, you know, I, I tend to think that a lot of this is, is a prequel of things to come, you know, um, being more forthcoming. You look at Moultrie basically saying, okay, you have our commitment. We're going to work closely with the, the director of national intelligence. Make sure we give you whatever information we can, unless the information, of course, shows that there is a risk to the American people. Because this, just for those who aren't realizing, or maybe from other parts of the world, we're talking about the American, um, the U.S. congressional meeting here. This isn't like a worldwide thing, just to be clear. Because once you're used to seeing things in the sky, that could be your military, your Pentagon that are watching for infiltrations from other countries, which I completely understand. We are at war. You know, on the other side of the world, there is a war going on. We don't, we don't want you know somebody coming up to to um, our doorsteps in the U.S. Absolutely. Um, but once you kind of get conditioned to seeing all these things in the sky. Next thing you know, it, it, it's kind of reminding me of the 1984 <laughs> Orwell book, you know, oh, the shit. whole big brother thing. And you got these drones coming up to you, scanning you and just like, holy crap. You know, I don't know. Like, sh- like you were getting, you know, false flags, so to, so to speak. But I don't know. Is this just as, like a prequel to what's coming and what we should all be getting used to? Because let's face it you know governments and militaries don't want to tell you anything all of a sudden they're ready to tell you it'll be selective information i'm sure it could be just a political thing trying to go on the votes for the party yeah there we go there's another one i mean i don't know how many votes it would get i mean i would think a good chunk of the people in the um field anywhere are liberal so i'm not sure if it would make a real difference Hmm. you never know it could be a a desperate attempt well maybe the current you know president needs all the help he can get so <laughs> let's just throw exactly. someone here <laughs> i don't know, you know for, for this this is a no-lose situation for the, the pentagon this all this is is another way 
This is just going to be another project signs, another project growth. There we go, bubbles. Monkey pox. That's, that's exactly what this is going to be. It's not going to be any different than that. There's no reason for it to be any different than that. They yeah. go out, they're going to probably put some teams together, and go out and get a look at stuff. And then, uh, see, because if they were serious, they would look for people like myself or people in the field like me or even out of MUFON and let them go investigate. But that's not what they're going to do. They're going to send somebody out. You know, they're going to put their own UFO teams together and they're going to go out and look and say, oh, well, that was, like I said, oh, well, that was a balloon. Oh, no, that was a drone. Oh, that was some kid's light up frisbee, you know, or it was a, something weather related. Right. Or maybe, maybe it was, you know, because it was like in one of the coastal areas, maybe it was a, a foreign plane of some kind. But um, they, they don't, for them, and even if somebody finds something legit, they're not going to so much want to tell you because what you're going to do, you can go tell everybody you know. Right. You know, what is that going to do? Because the problem for America is just like the problem is for the rest of the world. How many people in our country will pay? I would think that, I would think in mostly the Americas that we consider ourselves to be enlightened and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. But when I stop and look at just the election cycles in my country for the last 20 years, it'll be a fucking nightmare is what it will be. Mm-hmm. It'll be a, a biblical nightmare at that. I mean, it'll just be, people will be losing their minds. And, of course, since we're all polarized, we'll be polarized on the aliens. Well, yeah, I, I mean, even, even God, a, the, oh, the Vatican has talked about putting a religious team together to work with, you know, their, their, the Catholics, let's say. I mean, religions are, are gearing up to get their people ready and give them counseling, you know, from, from a spiritual standpoint, um, if that happens. So, you know, there are precautions, I guess, uh, considerations being put in place for this sort of thing. And if you're thinking, you know, is, is it, you know, um, like a, a voting thing, is it, you know, that could very well be, it's a big one if it is, but, but I'm thinking, you know, would people care? I don't know. You and I in the gray zone have talked about, you know, military abductions. We've talked about abductions and all kinds of things. There's all kinds of stuff out there that's been going on for many, many decades. You know, this is just maybe another level. I mean, nobody's going to come clean. Anyway, you look at it. Military is never going to come up and say, yep, yep, we did it. <laughs> you know, but <laughs> and, and, and the aliens aren't going to come up and say, yep. Yep, we well, did it. I'm actually hoping we don't have to wait for any of them. I'm hoping as privatized <laughs> we get into space, yeah. one of these people will find something. Oh, we'll, we'll run into something. Oh, we'll find something on an asteroid. Yeah. Uh, if if the because everybody always says, oh well, the the uh, asteroid belt was a planet that didn't form, but recently they found some materials that can really only be formed under a very heavy mass when mm-hmm. the planet forming. So they may have been wrong. It may have been a planet. I mean, they do estimate about five times the size of Earth. Right. Of course, the Nibrubians would love it. That would be Nibru. But, of course, that wouldn't be every 3,600 years. It would just be orbiting like everybody else did. Mm-hmm. Um, but whatever it is, the asteroid belt is full of minerals. It, it would make, you know, countries like China and even America or any country that could get there, it would make them mineral rich and mineral independent. And we would probably find new stuff for the periodic table there as well. So this is a gold mine or a platinum mine, whatever you want to call it, a lithium mine, uh, all combined for everybody who can get there. And uh, and that's where we're headed. We're headed there. We don't know what we're going to find on Mars. If Mars had, if, if Mars was an inhabited planet at one time, they may not have as many minerals. Hmm. But if they were just a developed planet, they may have gold. They may have diamonds. Look at Olympus Mines. 
Do you realize they can be diamonds that had a size of Volkswagens because mm. it's so big? And we know there's going to be diamonds there because it's a volcano, and we know how diamonds mm. are formed. So there's going to be some there somewhere for a long way to change. So do you know how much a Martian diamond would be worth on Earth? <laughs> I mean, really. This thing came from Mars. You don't even know what kind of weird color it's going to be. Well, you might want to go to Mars because the way things are going with this whole, you know, now we have a task force and now we're concerned and all these drones, the future flying cars, I think, are going to be a risk. I don't think they're going to want even more people in the air just to confuse things. Well, you know? I, was hearing, I was hearing yesterday that uh, <laughs> Biden's thought police is trying to get Trudeau to do thought police. <laughs> what the hell, first of all? You know, even Bill Maher lost his mind over Thought Police. And if you don't know who Bill right. Maher is, he does a comedian comedy show on HBO. But mm. he's, uh, and he's very, very liberal. I love what he said, though. He, he told his party, he said, I haven't changed. He said, I'm still liberal. Y'all have changed. Mm. He said, I'm still the exact same person I've always been. He said, y'all have just gone lefty crazy. Elon Musk also said that. He said, I haven't changed. Y'all have changed. He said, I still have the same political views. He said, y'all have just gone over the edge. You know, and then we have people like these three guys, like Jeff Bezos, who's another very liberal man, saying your party's lost it. You're in trouble. So, you know, ET's a good distraction. It, it a is good a good distraction, distraction. From, from what's going on right now. Bad economy, you know, high gas. Probably have to up my little bitty car today. It cost me 50 bucks. Yes. Oh, I, I, can't even, I can't even talk about the cost of fuel right I'm now. I'm scared to even go truck get over the truck. Yeah. Uh, I don't even know what it's going to cost. It's going to be 350 bucks. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe 400 I mean, they, come on. I should have to put 400 in my F-150 to go to work. That That's just insanity. Oh, yeah. But um, still, you know, if ET could come do something about that, I'd be real happy. As Bubble says, extremists seems to be alive in all aspects of our lives, religion, politics, etc. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Exactly my point, and that's why yeah. ET can't be introduced at this time. Yep. Because we're going to polarize ET. We're just going to take sides and say ET's here for that, and ET's this, and ET's not even going to get a chance to say anything before we, we're trying to blow them off the planet. Because you know we don't know what the hell they're here for. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't personally understand why uh, humans are the way we are. Why we can be so brilliant independently and so stupid as a group. But why do we follow things like the news media and stuff like that? Why don't we make our own decisions? I, I don't even know what to think about that. But if you want to be an advanced extraterrestrial race, I would imagine that is a precursor, uh, knowing, you know, what to do, what's the right thing to do, and doing it. Mm. You know, mm. And at this point in our society, I can't say that's where we are. I mean, if tomorrow someone was to say, hey, we, we've got a live alien, I think half of America would freak out. I think half of Asia, I mean, half of uh, South America would freak out. I think half of Canada would freak out. I think half of Europe would freak out. I think three quarters of India and China would freak out. Almost all of Russia would freak out. A good chunk of the rest of the Asian world would freak out. Even Australia would probably freak out. And, mm-hmm. when I, and I mean half. And even the half that didn't freak out in Europe and the United States and in America, still they're going to be uneasy because all of a sudden there's extraterrestrials. Just another variable in our already insane lives. It seems to go like you have two groups. You have the people who feel really moved like they have like these these big spiritual like oh my gosh when they see a ufo they're just like in awe and then if you go by a lot of the videos that we have shared on the gray zone you have people 
absolute mass hysteria. Then you have the occasion, you have the ones in between who are like indifferent. They believe or they don't believe. You know what I mean? They're just completely indifferent. So you have the real, oh my God, you have the freaking mass hysterics and then you've got that, yeah, whatever. Like well, it's... I, the, I, just, I just don't feel comfortable with the world going about ET at the moment. Right. Uh, I think it would be almost as bad as telling the asteroids about to kill us. I don't think, I mean, maybe people out there with signs and people mm. want to shoot the ETs and they want to shoot the people who back the ETs. It's, it's just, all extreme, though. All of it. Well, I don't know what we got like that. It wasn't like that when I was young. It wasn't even like that when I was in my 20s and 30s. This is something that's, it's, it's this just, started, the polarization of this country, and I can't speak for everybody else, yeah. started just right around the end of Bush and the beginning of Obama. Uh, and I'm not even saying they caused it, it just seemed to be that's when it started. Well, I mean, how many times have we talked about ancient cultures who were completely at ease with, with they call them, their friends from the stars? I mean, you go back to Gnostic times that talked about this. You go back to all these different cultures and you look at all the petroglyphs that are out there. You look at, there's so much information. I mean, technically there's information in the Bible if you really want to get Technical, oh, there's your little girl. <laughs> so my great, yeah, she's not yeah, she's, she's, she's an alien. She's, she's, she's a hatchling. Like she's a hatchling. <laughs> Lola. So we, oh. <laughs> so you Somebody see. wants her, she don't want to go to her mom. Like, no, no, it's okay. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, this was all something that was normal at one time, like for many ancient cultures, for pre-Ice Age, post-Ice Age. And somewhere along the lines, it became not acceptable. Then it became, you have to fear it. You know, now we're at a point, like you say, we're sitting here thinking like, are people living in fear of it? What do you think is the cause? You know, like maybe, maybe the Pentagon, this, this task force, question, maybe, maybe they're going to take the fear out of it, or maybe they're going to put the fear in it. It's hard to say. I think it'd be both. Yeah. Like I told you earlier, they're going to play both sides of the fence because it's their fence. Yeah. It's, it's like playing tennis with yourself. Right. It, it's, um, you, can't, you can't lose on that. You can't really lose on, on that hedge bet. I mean, they hedge their bets. Yeah. Uh, Zachman says, if ET introduced themselves publicly to the world, I'd be more concerned if these ETs are really serving an ulterior agenda and that their introduction was intentionally staged by elites. See this? There's well, just it, too it, much could be, it could be an intention stage, but you got to watch that because yeah. right now most of the world is going to think Independence Day if a couple of UFOs show up. So that's the problem here. We 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 spun ourselves into a corner as humans. We we have to kind of chill out. The elites would love to try to do a false flag of them, but they're scared of the repercussions. Because you got to remember, they don't really control the full military, and if people would freak out. They would have a hard time getting them back in control, especially if it wasn't just here, if it was a worldwide mm -hmm. event. We already seen what COVID did, and uh, and that's what most of the world are trying to behave themselves. Mm -hmm. And still a third of them freaked out. Um, mm -hmm. This, this okay. is one of these things that's unfortunate, but, but there's, as a society, we're just not ready. I, I want us to be ready. And let me tell you what, when I was 20, I would have argued my ass off until I fell off the couch uh, that we were ready. But at, at 60... 59 no we're not ready guys i'm sorry mm. we just we just we just 
I want us to be because I was hoping we'd be in my lifetime. But, uh, but you got this whole CE5 movement happening. There are a lot of people who I think are ready. The, the, the problem is. What do you think, think the percentage is? 3%? Yeah, 5%? Yeah, hard to say. Hard to say. It would be interesting to do. To, to, it would be nice to see a legitimate poll done on that not one that's controlled by mainstream media just a, some an organization maybe icar a, a legitimate organization that can do a poll to see it, what people's thoughts are and are they ready aren't they ready because i'll tell you i think there's a degree of people who are that don't fear it but those are probably the same people that that don't hang on the words of mainstream media or you know again governments but yet they're not conspiracy theorists either I think there, there are people who are on the fence with everything. The last, the last poll I could, we actually done a couple of these over the years. The last one we done, which is probably seven or eight years ago, mm. was with fifteen thousand people. Three percent, maybe I think it was mm. three and a half percent right. were ready for ET. Now, it, it's the poll is kind of a little misleading because if you ask, the first question was, "Do you think aliens exist in the universe?" Like seventy-eight percent said yes. Right. Do you think aliens are visiting Earth? Sharply dropped down to about twenty-five percent, mm. and then, and I was even surprised how high that was. And I think that was a little misleading. But when you asked, "Are they here?" or if "We're ready for them to be here," either one of the questions were less than four percent, mm -hmm. and that's just because people fear the unknown. People fear the unknown. So maybe well, if it's, it's not it's, something it's, that's unknown, maybe it's easier to to accept unknown. something that, that you see more often. Like, see, that's another thing. If people start seeing even military um, reverse-engineered crafts in the atmosphere and all these drones and things like that, so they may I, become I so conditioned to seeing them that they may not be bothered by them after a while. I got a question for you. No, it's not a racial question. It is, it is a question. So... How long did you think it took the Europeans to get used to the first black man they seen walking around Europe? And we're talking back in Roman and Greek times, because this is how far back this goes. How long did you think it took them to get used to it? Because remember, they're still racist even today there. So. Oh, no, it's true. It's a, it's a loaded question. It's, so, it's almost like saying, did the... Did the Aztecs, Mayans, and the Incas ever accept the, you know, the Spanish coming in and? Yeah, and they never did. That's the thing. No, and, of course and, not. And, but it was so mass. It, it was mass genocide too, though, right? Like it was. It was. So the problem yeah. here is, is if we haven't even been able to reconcile amongst ourselves, and we want to add an alien race, now that would help. One thing mm -hmm. it would help us recognize uh, reconcile amongst ourselves a lot faster. Right. Because just like wars do in America. America could be all kind of a crazy-ass country. We get into a war, all of a sudden, we want a big, happy family. You know, it, it, we just, everybody starts working together. We become one big family because we don't want to get killed or get taken over. We don't want our women yeah. getting raped and stuff. So we become one massive killing machine. I hate saying it that way, but it's true. Um, so. Well, then you become more like a human race, people like earthlings, because now it's humanity against... Yes, that's what you're saying. It, you know, so, but it's going, to take, it's going to take us time. And there's going to be, unfortunately, racism towards aliens. You mm -hmm. know, and then people are going to want, some people are going to think they're better than us. Some people are going to think they're beneath us. A lot of people are going to think they're like big demons sent from hell that are tricking us. I can't even, that's like a third of the population, Muslims, Jews, and Christians will be saying that one. 
uh, they well, would deep in sin from the underworld. So I'm going to do a quick station yeah, ID because my, my boss is a hard ass, so I have to say it. Yeah, she and, is a dead public <laughs> alien. Yeah. Ooh, and, and, and then I'm going to have a question for you. <laughs> so for those just tuning in, you're listening to The Outer Realm with myself, Michelle Droche, and Amelia Pisano, who is in chat tonight. And our special guest is, of course, our dear friend and producer and owner of United Public Radio Network, Joe Montaldo. So and we are talking about the congressional UFO hearing in the United States um, from Tuesday and uh, false flags, research, you know, outer space, you name it, we're talking about it. Um, and it's been, it's, it's a very interesting, it's a very interesting conversation, a lot of different perceptions. Um, so, yeah, I think that's, I, I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm sorry, thinking my brain gets ahead of me and I end up with more questions. But anyway, uh, we are fully sponsored by the amazing people over at Folgers Coffee, who we love and appreciate everything you do for us. So thank you. Thank you. Also, big thank you to Dr. Snick, uh, Justin Snicker, uh, for his generous uh, contribution to our show. Every time you say this guy's name, I get hungry. you got to quit this. I don't know. <laughs> of our intro Snicker, and our I'm, thinking, outro. I'm thinking Snicker bar, man. And quit here that. we go. I'll have to put it up because, yeah, Dr. Snick and Folgers, we love you. Muchly so. That's there we go. Bubble's still putting it out there, show. even though she's not here. <laughs> I love it. In fact, I've been drinking black silk the entire night. Uh, 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 we're going to yeah. Whatever. <laughs> like, yeah. So, it's good coffee. Okay, so here's a question. Let's just hypothetically say the world is ready. The world is ready. Do you think that... Because you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of races of ET that that you could coexist with, and there are some that not really. You know that you may maybe you're food to them or something, or maybe they just want to step into your body, or you know who knows. I'm just pulling out a lot of different things right now um, to show you know that that we're dealing with these far superior beings, right? It, it, it's that simple. Do you think it can be done? Do you think we can? you know coexist you know, some this, people some people are ready to get on a ship and get just right off the planet when if hell goes and some of them will go and a lot of people a lot of people will leave this planet and a lot will stay behind when we finally get in space and we may be in the space long before we meet et on a face-to-face basis as far as et is concerned we're no ready to meet anybody any councils any of the united worlds or planets we're just not ready for that even when we get into deep space we're not going to Mm-hmm. We, first off, we have to become a united plant to even be considered, and we're nowhere near that. When, what do you think China or America is going to give up its slice of the pie mm-hmm. to become a one-world plant? Ah, just what, what is it going to take for that? Mm-hmm. And, or, or we're just going to get into spaces like in a lot of sci-fi as, as different countries. So what do you think needs to happen here to, to get to that point? Somehow there has to be a one-world government formed, uh, which mm-hmm. is which is a lot of the crazy people think is a no-no, but we can't survive without it because we yeah. can't have the Chinese and the Japanese and the, the Americans and the Russians getting into fights in space. That might inadvertently start an interstellar war with some advanced alien race by accident because we crashed into one of their buildings or something. Um, yeah. We, yeah. we just, we, we need to be, before we get into deep space, we need to be a united race. And if we're really going to explore space for real in our solar system and get out to Proxima places which, which we have the technology to do, we have to get united on a different level than we are today. 
And Xi Jinping would like to, but he don't want to give up his communism. If, if China was a democracy, the world could probably operate under the UN. It'd be a different strategy in the UN. You could have like your four primary seats and then or your five primary seats and then the rest of the UN. And uh, and we could probably be one nation. We could turn over the military to the United Nations itself because <clears throat> it'd be no if nobody was fighting, there'd be no need for a military other than for police keep mm-hmm. for an invasion or some shit. Uh, but there would be no real it would be needs police. So I, I mean, think combined financial resources could really and it's yeah. really good. Think if all the scientists in the world were working together. So mm-hmm. all the cancer researchers were working with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, things would happen a lot faster. You know, but we're not there yet. And, and mm-hmm. I don't see it, not anytime soon. Uh, these leaders are going to be like this for another 20 or 30 years, and whoever steps in is going to be real close. I mean, we're talking 500 years in the future. Mm-hmm. There may be a change. And that's when we either get to a point with a planet's a catastrophe and we have to work it out and be together, or we one of us just finally invents a weapon that can take the rest out. Mm-hmm. And right. either way, it's going to happen. It just is it going to happen with a planet, and, and is it going to happen in a way that we don't end up having a planet that has to rehab itself for a half a million years? I think people fear it because it, it's just one world government to many people. I agree that we should have one world government, one currency. Um, it would probably be helpful because right now you have a lot of countries that are suffering and others that are thriving um, just because of, of, of currency. So if everything was a more even keel, yeah, I, I think it would be a good thing moving forward. However, a lot of people believe one world government is, is you know, with one person at the helm, it can be very, very dangerous. You know, we've been misled as to what one world government actually is and how in this case would be each country would be still in charge of itself it just wouldn't have a military anymore right everybody would have to abide by a certain type of rules a certain type of democracy or republic Mm -hmm. whatever it may be everybody have to agree on it and -hmm. that's just the way it would work right and in any kind of disasters or any kind of peacekeeping it would be automatic it'd already be this much stuff because each country would have to put up each month uh, each year and then if something happened each one would have to give out x amount of, of technology and people so it would be every we'd all be sharing technology. Everything would be moving at a much faster rate. So they they pretty much proved that religion, which regardless of what religion you may be, set us back at least two thousand years. Uh, stuff like the burning of the the, the library at Alexandria probably set us back a thousand years. Mm-hmm. The stuff we lost at that that library is irretrievable. It's, the stuff that was under the Sphinx is gone. It's all of that stuff. Is stuff these were great libraries that now no longer exist not including how many were destroyed in other wars along the ways you know stuff in europe that was destroyed in world war ii it's just we're, we're our own worst enemy and then religion is preaching that technology is bad and evil so it makes it hard you know people for for come on look look at leonardo and, and michelangelo they i mean they risk being hung or put on the rack for what they believe mm-hmm. it's science Galileo. If yeah. they could have been left alive to, to openly do what they wanted and collaborate, mm-hmm. they would have bought. They would have brought us five hundred years more into the future. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, Leonardo alone. But then you've got um, oh, what's his name? Uh, the one that predicted everybody. Nostradamus. Um, Nostradamus. Yeah. And as well, so you, you've got you've got great people that were back in the time that were changing the way we looked at science. 
were of course were heretics and could be burned or stretched or racked or whatever. But so see, that's they, what they, I'm they saying. Kept back on all this stuff. You have this big organization at the time, all the people you mentioned, you know, like Galileo, um, you know, Da Vinci, um, the, the Nostradamus. These are people that were were pretty much ruled by, you know, the, the church at the time was yeah. really had a firm so hand think, in think that. about today, if all the countries were just like America, and, and I don't mean that in the way we rule, but as the way we share technology inside of our country. Yeah. So we got Elon Musk and what the four we just talked about just a little while ago in the space program. So just think about all the rest of these people on our planet who could be working with these four. Mm-hmm. We, we could be in deep space in, in less than a decade. Imagine Tesla had break. been allowed to keep doing what so he was I'm doing. Saying, we may break light speed or, or te- te- worm tech mm-hmm. in two decades if we let everybody work together. But no, it's like mm-hmm. the pharmacy companies. If you took that away from them, and put that into a group of doctors, a, a group of doctors from around the world, I guarantee you they'd cure cancer in less than a decade. Mm-hmm. Completely. They'd probably cure a lot of other things completely. Right. Um, but mm, they don't want to go there. Right, right. You know, I, 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 I agree with you. I, th- I think it's it's a point where it's a lot of reframing that needs to happen. And I, I think it's difficult. Right now we're all trying to just recover from a pandemic over the last couple of years and it's created so much division and is it the people who've created division or is it the governments that have it's created the government division? And the media that's created the right so because you can go back like i said you can go back to ronald yeah. reagan and, and bill yeah. clinton in this country we were united uh bill clinton both sides worked together they got a lot done yeah on the yeah. reagan both sides worked together they got a lot done now they always hate each other like usual but the countries were moving forward under both those presidents Made right. great strides. One was a Democrat, one was a Republican. No, mm-hmm. no big deal. Then all of a sudden, um, you know, Clinton leaves, and then we get who we got? Baby Bush. And, uh, you know, Baby Bush was, I don't want to get into politics, but he had Darth Cheney working for him. So maybe Darth Cheney might know about aliens. Him and Daddy Bush might have both known about aliens. Mm-hmm. It was something, I know Daddy Daddy Bush did. I don't know if Darth Cheney did or not. Darth Cheney is. is Vice President Cheney, anybody wants to know what I'm talking about. Right. So right or somewhere around six years into his his term, maybe seven years in, the country started getting divisive. And then Obama came along and it got more divisive. And then by Obama's second term, we hated each other. And then, of course, here comes Trump. And Trump just, like, drives the state right in everybody's heart and we hate each other that much more. Now we've got, well, I can't remember this guy's name. And uh, it's even worse. Mm-hmm. So we need a uniter. We need a war where you need a uniter, which we don't seem to have either one. So mm-hmm. if we can, as a nation, as one of the greatest nations that ever exist on this planet, can't seem to get it together, shit, we're going to end up like the Romans, and we're going to take the world with us when we go. Mm-hmm. So, how so we have to basically learn how to work together and how, how to... Um, you know, we have to play nice in the schoolyard, basically, to be able to keep evolving. We've got, to, and this might be why the, the government really wants to know that because <laughs> aliens could be the great uniter. Clinton said this in seven different speeches he gave, mm-hmm. uh, and aliens could be the great uniter because if if we could prove the existence of extraterrestrials, a lot of the countries might start working together for protection because we don't know what these ETs are here for, or what they're doing, or what kind of technologies they have. And as a world, you know, we, we need to feel protected and safe. So that yes, could drive us into one. 
some pretty big people talked about aliens. I mean, if you remember, even there was even the FBI who had the memorandum 6750 or 51 or something like that. But they always they say spoke UFOs. about it. Paul Hillier, the, you know, the ex-Canadian military. Yeah. Are, 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 I don't know why Paul Hillier was not considered a credible witness. I never understood that. I, I talked to him about four times. Yeah, I mean. You know, he, for some reason, and I never checked into him that hard because I'm not a Canadian, so what do I know about Paul Hillier? He, yeah, he, for those who don't know, he's our, he was our ex because he's deceased now, but um, retired defense minister in Canada. And he was very very active in telling and talking about extraterrestrials. In fact, a lot of ex-military people have come forward, astronauts, and they all have these experiences the two and this knowledge. Shag Harbor. <laughs> no, you know what I mean? Well, well, I got into verify about the two submarines that were seen. There was a group of divers that had reported work in Shag Harbor, and I don't know how many of y'all from me to check out. It's a very famous UFO case. But for some people, are not because it happened in Chad Harbor in Canada. And mm -hmm. uh, actually kind of Canada squishy towards the United States. But regardless, something went down in the water. A group of a village seen it, and they sent out some fishing boats. And when they got out there, they found this weird white, yellowish, whitish foam all over the top of the water. They thought it was an airplane that crashed. It's originally what it was thought. So they're out there. There's like nine or ten boats out there, and they're paddling around looking for survivors. And it was an airplane. Because all of a sudden... This weird glowing thing under the water starts to move towards the mouth, headed out towards the ocean. Well, what it looked like to the villagers is that something came in and kind of pulled it out. Uh, but anyway, story long story short, this thing went off the off the coast out there, wherever that is, and uh, sat out there for seven days while it was being repaired by another UFO. While that was going on, there was a team of Navy divers who also had some Canadian divers as well. That will monitor the whole thing. Two of them got sad because they got too close. But uh, several of these divers came forward, talked about the event and what they saw. Mm -hmm. Got sanctioned for it, but uh, still, it was a very convincing story. All the witnesses were very convincing. Everybody who seen anything was very honest about what they're seeing. They weren't really holding anything back. This was an event that lasted seven days and was witnessed by probably more than a hundred people. And then we also had the dive team. So. Uh, what happened was whatever nobody knows what happened all they know is it was a ufo of some kind went down in shag harbor made it out to the ocean uh, and did landed and then was serviced by another ufo a group of people sitting on the on the shoreline actually seeing the other one come down in the water about a mile offshore head towards it to pick it up it was a very interesting thing mm -hmm. uh, and then of course there was the divers and the only reason they got busted is one of the submarines had to surface for some reason they had issues two subs they had an issue of some kind they had to surface for oxygen and, uh, and then they, they might have a generator issue. And then they went back down. So when somebody seen the sub and then also knew the UFO was there, they put two or two together and then people started asking around. And the next thing you know, you had divers coming forward. Uh, I can't remember who was who because it was a long time ago because uh, mm. I was introduced to a couple of divers. And somewhere, guys, on the Wake Up USA and the UFO and the cover shows, uh, there's interviews with the divers, with four of them. And uh, it's very interesting stuff. There's also interviews with Paul Hilliard about it and other things that Paul and I talked about on UFO on the cover. So you had to go catch all of those too. But he was an interesting character. Just for some reason, people just play. And that's that's the problem today. That's what's going to happen here. You know, it, it, well, I was going to say if Biden came forward, but it wouldn't matter if he came forward. But if somebody legitimate came forward, like pink mm -hmm. shorts, it might be different. 
Um, but, but. That's, that's see, that's the problem. That, that's the problem. <laughs> what world leader would you believe? Would you believe Boris, Boris over there with his crazy hairdo, Megan, or, or, or whatever his name is, or other guy? I mean, who? I don't um, believe any of these leaders. They're all nuts. Uh, so if they tell me aliens exist, I'm gonna be like, oh, maybe you need to check into the local funny form. No, but you know what? I mean, if, if you see it for yourself, I think you know. Zach and I made a point. You know, it would hard, be hard to, if, if extraterrestrial came out and they introduced themselves. Yeah, you know, we're at a point where we have to question everything. We can't believe everything we see. But with that being said, there's a lot of people having individual experiences. I mean, freaking millions of people having individual experiences with extraterrestrials. They're having contact. They're having experience, like they're experiencers or abductees or whatever the case may be, there's a lot out there. And people are saying, no, these things are definitely real. Now, media has definitely, you know, played a part in making it really scary. There have been other, you know, researcher and ufologists who have basically said, no, you know, you don't have to fear. Um, but I don't know. Maybe that's what you need is somebody just to come down very and very benign, be very benign, species or race to come down and say no you know we do come in peace we are and they will kill them and eat them what is wrong with you if you're reptilian you never oh you, you mean you guys would kill them and eat them no, oh, you can't be walking around you <laughs> you know people in india and china starving Up comes martha uh, boom down i'm just saying india china and south america people are starving to death you can't be no benign aliens walking around here especially if you look like food <laughs> oh my god We'd be eating them for sure. It's um, hey, look, it might be like you know, prime rib or something. You just have what to understand that? too, with people in different parts of India, they're very, very spiritual. They are. They they're also very, very hungry. And the Buddhists, and there's a lot of people yes, who are. I've very... seen Buddhists give in to starving bellies. So. <laughs> I can't yeah. even engage in this right now. <laughs> I just, you give me trouble. Say, about but, it. You know, just no, 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 no. If you want, if you really want the aliens to make an impression, come down, cure cancer, give us yep. unlimited free energy, uh, help us defeat yep. our people, help us to unite our planet. Then maybe if we haven't cooked you and eaten you by then, uh, you know, maybe it might change. But the problem is there's too many right now that are going to be anti-alien. That's going to be the real problem. How do you control the well, thanks four billion to media. people? Really thanks yeah. to mainstream media. Thanks to like even right now, even even this, you know, when they did the preliminary, preliminary disclosure last year in June, um, you know, it left a lot of people hanging. But people, there were a lot of people who were waiting to hear it and they've been waiting for this congressional hearing because this is a spinoff of that there were a lot of people waiting to hear it you say okay what are you guys going to say now and you know a lot of feedback that i heard even on news agencies that were covering the prelim they're saying oh just as we thought nothing right and now people they're a little bit like okay so at least they're playing ball a little bit they're going to start disclosing a little bit to the public this is great people are happy even with baby steps people are happy to get something it's better than nothing so they're like okay this is this is good um they want us now to keep our eyes on the skies and start reporting it okay we feel involved okay this is good too right the people are are becoming a little bit more open-minded now because it's almost like they've been given permission to, for those who felt like they didn't have it or maybe needed it, 
there's those of us who are like, no, sh crap that. We see things all the time. But then you have those others who are like, mm, but okay, so now if, this if, is our duty to do this. So if Bubbles was to take off her disguise and go walking around D.C., what do you think would happen to her? Man, they'd have her up on the table. Bubbles is cute. She'd be fine. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, you know, she'd have to go all light. Not like some big old ugly reptilian. <laughs> Yeah, you know, she'd have to go light beam on or something. Yeah. No, right now, know, I mean, half our governments won't want to dissect an alien if they got their hands on. It's that's, true. That's You're not wrong on that. But that's the thing. Like, even just the getting comfortable with UFOs or UAPs, you know, I think right now people feel like, okay, so this is like, especially like really patriotic people, they're going to be like, hey, this is our duty to do this now. Um, you know, so maybe it's just a matter of getting comfortable with it. And, and then you can maybe consider going to that next level. Like, okay, well, something's got to be driving it. And if it's not human, then, but will we be told anything? Because, you know, and the hearing says, well, if we don't consider it a threat, if it's not a security threat, we'll divulge it. Okay, so are you just automatically going to assume it or make it a security threat so you don't have to divulge it like these well, are all questions people are asking you know well if it's something that's top secret they'll do that or if it's something they think might be weird then they might do mm. that. yeah but, um, they look we're looking for ways to get faster technology because you know yeah. unfortunately for us a lot of our companies sold technology to china so now they're knocking on the door yeah russia might be fading but they're not and you know like elon musk said the other day americans like to work four hours a day and Chinese work 13 hours a day. So it's, it's a big difference. Uh, he, he meant that as a slight because we used to like to work, but the Americans got fat and lazy. Uh, that's be another reason for aliens going on. But what do you think Xi Jinping's going to do when an alien shows up? Mm. Especially if they come talk to us first. You might mm. take that as a slight disrespect. You know, at the turn of the century before last, when we're pretty sure the aliens, the human type aliens made contact with the Germans, was probably around 1910, 1911, somewhere up in there. Uh, we're pretty sure that's what happened before World War One. They were given technology, they were given some type of saucer, and you could tell because between 1911 and 1913, the Germans built six prototypes of saucers. They and just couldn't get them going, right? Yeah, and well, they, they did weird stuff like they made a tank out of one, and then. Hitler, in, uh, I think it was in 38-39, also did it. So then in Hitler's book, he mentions fair-haired blue-eyed angels that used to come talk to him about doing genetic experiments. I've never heard of angels talking about genetic experiments. Aliens, on the other hand, might be mm. different. Angels, I'm not so much sure about. I don't know why angels would want you doing genetic experiments on twins. Uh, that just doesn't sound very angelic-like to me, so mm -hmm. um, that sounds more extraterrestrial. Like, you already know that human aliens were already kind of pissed because the reptilians interfered with whatever the hell they were doing when they originally got to this planet. Uh, you know, they, they just interfered. The reptilians felt the need to interfere with whatever slave race they were creating. And again, people remember, every human on this planet has a reptilian section in their brain. Without it, we would just basically be, well, we'd be... Uh, well, we'd be Joe Biden. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I say that out loud? I, I mean, we'd be wimpy and unwinding. I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. uh, we would be followers. Maybe we'd be better for us. Maybe because we'd all wouldn't ask why anymore. We'd just go, oh, go, go plow the field. Okay. I'll go walk off that cliff. Okay. Go make some meat. Okay. Go have some children. Okay. 
that would be it. Today we like, no, you can have some Dan children. I don't have a Dan children. I don't want to be like this is some whiskey. That's theory though, right? Yeah, like you know, nobody knows for sure. We don't know for yeah, sure. We, 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 no, we know for sure that we have a reptilian section in our brain. We know for sure it's what makes us who we are. Without it, we're just wimps. We know that's fact. We can't get away from that. It's unfortunate for the scientists that 5,000 years ago someone wrote about it. Uh, so it makes science, you know, science, because, you know, science knows we have it in our brain and they try to explain it that we came from reptilians and that's what's left of it. Uh, well, that wouldn't explain a lot of things, but regardless, the Sumerians talk about how we came to have a reptilian section in our brain 6,000 years before science was even a thing. So what's determined, what's, I mean, we have, you know, it's like the left side of thinker, the right side of thinker, right? The emotional side and then the, the hunter-gatherer side. Like, it's the whole, you know, men are from Mars, women are from Venus thing. Though the reptilian is the aggressive side, the one that, like you say, the free thinker, the the conqueror what makes we were it, aggressive what, what makes it we reptilian had. is what i'm saying i well, guess reptilians necessarily don't mean you're aggressive it just means that you are pretty darn aggressive <laughs> not really i mean reptilians on our on planet but alligators aren't aggressive unless you screw with them uh, they just usually go lay out in the sun in the sand man snakes are the same way they don't bother you unless you get in their way or aggravate them right. uh, they don't go looking to bite you Usually, if you get bit by an alligator or snakes, because you dumbass with somewhere that didn't belong. Right. Um, so it, it's not quite the way we were taught. And remember, right. until Christ, reptilians were revered on this planet, both by all over the Mediterranean, all over Africa, and all over South America. And even after Christ, they were still a, a, a revered in South America. Mm -hmm. So, and then everybody's got the creation story, like the Adam and Eve story. All these races have it. So obviously something happened somewhere along the line. There was a need to interfuse this reptilian DNA into us. Uh, I guess we just become washed out or bleached out. Or, mm -hmm. or we just didn't have what it take to survive. Or maybe whoever decided to do this decided that the, whoever was here with the Sumerians had too much control. And wanted to take, it might have been, when, you know, before that we might have been just one united species, being a slave race under a, a more advanced species. Mm -hmm. Somewhere along the line, the reptilians decided that, but it tells you they're not violent because they didn't go start a war with these other people. They just inbred us. They bred with us and, and we did it. So, they, so their hands were clean. Their, they, their hands were clean on us. They didn't so go kick the humans off their planet. We did. Who's responsible for the negative blood type then? The greys or uh, the, probably the reptilians? The Probably yeah. the grays. Mainly, the reason I say the grays is because it brings so much to us that it would seem like it would have been a more thoughtful species that, that did it. But there's different so races of grays. Is there a specific race of gray when you, no, when you say that? No, grays are just one one species. They're just like the reptilians. There's multiple branches, but they're the same species. They all come from the same home right. um, Even though the reptilians over the years, between genetic engineering and different environments, some of them have gills. They can breathe underneath them. Some of them have wings. Some of them have different things. Some things have these weird crests on the bottom of the we have no idea what they're for. Some of them have little glands on the sides, which look like they might be for venom sacs or something. I'm not sure what that's for either. Uh, I've never asked. I didn't want to know. And you say, hey, reptilian, what's it now? You don't want some things you just don't want to know. But they don't really seem to be the aggressors. And if you listen to the Dogon and the uh, Mesoamericans, they weren't violent. They were a grand society. They were a laid-back society who wanted to see us. They, they taught... 
the the actually they taught the Aborigines, but they also taught uh, the Mesoamericans and a lot of the Native Americans how to cook, how to plow, how to plant. When was the best seasons? When was the best times? The reptilians didn't get started hating until the time of Christ. I don't even exactly know why, other than the church, when it decided to switch all the holidays from pagan holidays to Christian holidays, must have had something to do with it. Because I've never seen any direct attack from the Catholic Church against reptilians, ever. Mm. You know, but somewhere along the line, oh, that's why, because of the serpent. Oh, what a dumbass. Because of the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Okay, never mind. Well, the serpent is just a representation of knowledge. Well, and the serpent was the reptilian. If you, if you okay. research it. See, but see, that's the point. It's the story. It's the same story in all the cultures. The mm -hmm. reptilian who gave Eve the apple of knowledge. He gave her the knowledge. He made her part reptilian. She gained the knowledge. And remember this. There's something special about reptilians. They have genetic memory. So if they interbreed with somebody, more than likely those children will either have all the genetic memory or part of it. Mm -hmm. So they're already born more intelligent than people around them. Mm -hmm. So what do you say to people who've had experiences, um, you know, being like chased by reptilians and I say, stop and, running and let them do what they're going to do. I mean, you want to eat them. They're not going to eat them. There hasn't been I no cases of reptilian eating anybody. How do you now, know? the humans might eat you. Actually, if anybody's going to eat you, it's going to be the little shrivelly old brown things. We call them the cleanup crew because that's what they do. If there's an accident or a disaster, they go clean it up. And I, from what I hear, and I mean, that's nasty. They're nasty. We did a whole segment on them. They are, they, um, they basically thrive and carnage. They are like the vultures of the universe. That's what mm. they do. And, uh, and and they have places where they create food. And, oh, anyway, it's, it's it's. Well, I remember when we did a gray zone, I found a bunch of information on that, and we did speak about it briefly. Yeah, the Browns are just they're just that's what they are. We just we just affectionately call them the cleanup crew because that's what they do. But um, they they're kind of like the grays in a way. Not near as intelligent. Uh, about four foot, five foot tall, kind of squishy looking. They kind of look like the ones on fire in the sky, actually. Uh, it's, it's kind of weird the way they look. But they really are. That's what they do. I mean, if there's a mess up or clean up, sometimes they have to deliver stuff and put people back because of something happened. But if there's any kind of real disaster, like deaths or things like that, they can clean it up. So if, if, if they're like a cleanup crew, how... You know, how does the information come forward? Because obviously, like, I'm going to seem like an abductee. I'm, like, I'm just going based on people because you have ICAR, right? Without getting into all of ICAR. But so abductees, get, you know, will get hypnotized or they may have memories of it. But but if these guys are a cleanup crew, who sees them? Because it sounds to me like they come around and nobody left. No, a lot of times it's not. But so you know this, and this is considered abduction criteria. I'm going to go ahead and let it out. Yeah. So for the graves, a death is offensive. It offends them because they don't die. And technically, they're not immortal because they can be killed. But since they can upload their consciousness to another body, they are immortal in fact. Right. So to them, death is offensive, and they don't want to see it. So mm. that's what the cleanup crew is. Apparently, neither do the reptilians and humans because they use the same crew to clean up. So that tells you right there, people are reptilians down eating this up. It sounds like a lot of the reptilians are vegans. Not all of them. Remember, the reptilians have a caste system. I can't remember if it's seven or nine castes. I know things like religious caste, a warrior caste, things like that. 
but they do have a one religion. Everybody on their planet is all involved in the same religion or in their colonies. Because if if I understand correctly, they have a home world, but they have several several uh, colonies. Yeah, some people say up to a hundred. I don't know how true it is or not. Hmm. But we know the Draco system. They have like four planets there, and they're all uh, lizards, and they're they're not from there originally. There. They weren't from here originally. They just came here because it's a beautiful planet for being a reptile. Mm. Uh, you know, so, and then I, I hate to say that because they're not even actually reptiles because they're warm blooded. Most people say when they touch them, they feel like warm suede with ripples on their skin. But we think they look like scales, but when people touch them, they say they're not scales. Uh, and we also know that the different colors represent the different family lines. And yeah, there's several different colors, by the way. Uh, and then they could be multicolors, which means it's a mixed family line or something. So somehow or another, when you breed with another one, that's the color that comes out. But if it's two breed with an inner, I guess an interracial thing is what they would consider, then it's more like a rainbow effect. Mm -hmm. uh, that's a good thing. But bubbles, the silver gray. Bubbles, the silver gray. <laughs> well, um... blue gray. Okay, we'll go with the blue gray. Okay. <laughs> well, yeah. it's it's it's, it's interesting. Somebody. It's interesting. I'm hoping that we'll be able to, you know, I don't know why delve they a bit to deeper. Make the reptilians so evil, just because there's a few crocodiles that like to eat people in the Egyptian, you know, river. You know what? It's it, it's just a lot of different. Like you know yourself doing radio. It's different for you because you you deal on a much larger scale because of the organization. And you know, for me, I just have a lot of people who who reach out to tell stories because they either want to be on the show or they've written books or well, there's a natural fear right? and, it's well, like no, but people actually have had experiences you know and it's is it a natural fear mm -hmm. for sure but you know when you have somebody say oh no i was chasing and they tried to freaking eat me i'm just oh, like yeah. oh that sounds a little bit serious <laughs> like, you know. eat crocodile me. it's um well you know I mean, it's it's I've had what we would consider not positive reptilian experiences, but they're usually more to deal with things like a sexual contact or certain types of experiments they want to do. Uh, has more to do with that. I've never so they do, yeah. See, Lisa Savoy, who's in chat tonight and was on the show a few weeks ago, she did say that there were reptilians involved in her abduction, and it was not pleasant. And Grace. Well, the the, 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 rep, the reptilians, if you belong to their family line, then you're part of them. So they, they have a thing. The alphas, male or females, can just pick whoever they want and do whatever they want, and there's really no objection. There's not much you can do. The only way you can stop it is if you if you mentally object. And I mean, you got seriously mentally object, and they might stop. But usually most uh, <laughs> humans don't have enough strength to do it. Right. No, they're not keto friendly. They like they like using some bread between their meals. <laughs> uh, yeah, um, yeah. I, I guess this is one of those things that uh, unless you know there's there's a, a disclosure to the point where where people can freely you know speak about this. And I mean, I think it's I, starting, I, I but very loose of topics. You know. Well, once once we see. Say if they find another ruin on Mars, that'll help. That'll that'll get us thinking. All right, there is life out there, but whatever was on Mars is long dead. We don't have to worry about it coming and killing us. So you, we don't want to be panicking. And then 
maybe a year or two, five years down the line, we find some type of vegetation, some, some liquid water under the surface of Mars with some vegetation growing in it. Maybe even some kind of little microbes or insects or maybe even a little swamp rat or something. Mm-hmm. And we find that it's still alive. Okay, so this now tells us that, yes, there was advanced life here one time, but it's gone. But there still is some type of alien life, but nothing that's th- threatening us. So that gives us time to explore our solar system without feeling threatened by extraterrestrial. And then maybe we'll find some other ruins and some other life. We're definitely going to find life in Europa. There's probably some big-ass damn whales underneath the water. They, I, I don't even doubt that. I know there's one clip of one of the probes there, and you see something move under the ice, and whatever it is, it's big. It was bigger than a whale, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have no doubt they're going to find life there. Most scientists agree they're going to find life there. And a lot of people think they're going to find life somewhere on Mars on the ground and other places in our solar system. Most I said this when I started hosting Wake Up Europe, I figured we'd find five or six places, maybe even seven places, inside the solar system with some type of life on including Pluto, and maybe even Sherlock. We just found out Pluto's got an active volcano and has liquid water underneath the ice, which means there could be life living underneath there. And we know what black smoke is on Earth, uh, so there could be life there. So that's the thing. I think we're going to find out that life is the norm, not the ad norm. When it comes to intelligent life, it won't be quite as many times as you'll find life. So probably for every 30 planets you find life on, you'll find one with intelligent life, or maybe even 100. But I guarantee you life's going to turn out to be the norm, not to add no life. Any solar system with this many planetary bodies in it is going to find life in a bunch of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, knowing this, you know, knowing that the universe or our galaxy is full of planets, our solar system is got quite a few. It's got over 100 bodies in it, I think. So there's eight planets, and then there's the moons of Jupiter and Saturn. I think there's a hundred of them all together. Uh, it's a lot of stuff to look at. And then there's all the Oort cloud and the asteroid belts. There's a lot of stuff to look at. We're going to find life. And then, next thing we know, we'll be in Proxima Centauri, which is only 3.8 light years away. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we'll probably find life in some of the planetary bodies. Mm-hmm. As, as far as finding real intelligent life, it depends where we're looking at, you know. I have no doubt it's out there, and I have no doubt there's life out there, the same evolution as we are below us and above us. Mm-hmm. So who are we going to find first? Then how are we going to treat it? Are we going to make the same mistakes we did when we went to Africa and to South America, or are we going to learn from our mistakes and do it quietly and covertly and learn about the people and you know leave them alone until they advance more? Mm-hmm. And you know what? If there's nothing there we want, we'll probably leave them alone. If there's something there we want, guess what? will be on their planet, teaching them how to be more advanced creatures in the universe. Mm-hmm. Just like we did for everybody else on the planet. We didn't do that great of a job, by the way. But hey, we did, we did, you know, bring people from, well, I can't even say that. There's still people on the planet that live in huts and mm-hmm. fish by hand. So I guess I shouldn't say that. No, maybe we should just leave that right there so we don't get ourselves into any trouble. But, um, well, I can't help it. I, I did not make the plan, and I did not make the politics. I can't help it. <laughs> no, you did yeah, not. Think about it. We, <laughs> we, have, we have people that are living like Jeff Bezos and Elon Musk and people like this living at the height of everything. Right. Money, power, technology. And we still have people both in Africa, Asia, and South America that still live in hunts, still fish with spears, don't have mm-hmm. any radio, no TV, but do wear American T-shirts, which I find odd. But other than that, you know, they're just still the mm-hmm. way they were a thousand years ago. It's right. spooky weird. Right. And I, don't, I, don't, I don't mean we should upset their life. I'm kind of against that, but still, 
Mm-hmm. We get off world, oh, we're going to do that. I mean, oil, uranium, mm-hmm. whatever other minerals we find, diamonds, gold, platinum. There we, we go. Oh, there we go. I know, because Michelle be out there going, oh, I like that color diamond. Then you got to get that damn thing. Only me. black ones. Yeah, uh, when you see this weird bluish I've got a beautiful black, five-carat black diamond. I love it. That's, that's my favorite. That's good. If we ever get locked in prison, you can use it to cut us out. Yeah, brownie points. Get some smokes. <laughs> get that smoke. damn glass out of there. I know. Um, there we go. I should buy, buy me a lot of perks. I used to have some nice jewelry. I can't wear it anymore. I don't always, wear my always, blanket. Always it's all in the safe. Stuff. I don't wear it. It, 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 it. I always catch, especially my fat ass ring fingers, always catch yeah. them. Yeah. I, like, oh, I have no, no, no clue what that is. Uh, to whoever asked me that earlier, real quick before we go, uh, because you're abducted, okay, uh, let me rephrase this. Yes, you're special because you're abducted. Now, you're not probably special in the way you think you are. But you are special in the fact that your family uh, was one of the original families way, 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 way back that was right. abducted. And they've been following the family line ever since. And family lines expand. So they keep following them, even though people get dropped because, you know, they, it's a dead end. They don't have children. Or the children they have are not going to have children are not part of the program because they're not at the level they need to be. So it varies all over the place. But, yes, I mean, you are special because you are contactee. So... And one of these days, mm. I'll tell you why. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm reading Amelia's cards later. Than that. I know. Okay. I'm breaking out the cat cards. Yes, I, I ain't read these cards in 12 years. These evil ass things. So, with that being said, um, we're going to say goodnight. Uh, before we do so, um, we're going to basically thank our sponsors, Folgers Coffee. Thank you, thank you for... Being you, <laughs> we appreciate you. We love you. Thank you. Big yes, thank you're you even good cold, Snick. by the way. Big, doc, big thank you to Dr. Snick, a.k.a. Justin Snicker. Uh, remember to tune in to um, the International Public Radio, UFO Paranormal Radio, UFO Gods and Extraterrestrials. Uh, those are the network YouTubes. Go and show them some love. Subscribe. Find Amelia and I in the Outer Realm on Facebook. Do the same, please. If you're looking to send us a message, please do so at the Outer Realm contact at gmail.com. That's the Outer Realm contact at gmail.com. Tomorrow night, we welcome the return of Brad Olson. You guys loved him the first time. You love him the second time. He's going to be discussing his second book, Future Esoteric. I have basically been delving into it, and I can assure you it is going to be a fantastic segment. So until then, have yourselves a wonderful day tomorrow, wonderful evening tonight, and we shall check you guys out. Well, you should check us out tomorrow. See you in chat. Behave. Thank Stay you. Stay out of trouble. Stay out of trouble. Shh. Shh.